This is Real Estate Rookie episode 239er. It's easy to be busy, but it's harder to be productive. And in order to be productive, you need to make sure that the activities, that the busyness you have is in pursuit of a bigger goal. But if you're just doing a bunch of things that may or may not be tied to this goal that you have around your business, around your life, then you're, you're just busy. You're not being productive. In order to be productive, it has to be in pursuit of that thing that you want. And, and that was a big realization that I had this year. So, man, I, I love that that definition of uh, having a plan versus just, just kind of dreaming. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with my co-host, Tony Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie Podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, information, and stories you need to hear to kickstart your investing journey. And I want to start off today's episode by shouting out someone in our rookie audience. They go by the username Mighty Pole, and they left us a, a review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review, and it says, such great information, listening every week and most times on repeat. I work as a medic, and now in my downtime, I can focus on researching rental properties. I started listening in July of 2022, and I'm a about to close on my first long-term property that already cash flows $250 per month after all expenses. And the process of researching for my first short-term rental couldn't have done it without you guys. This is going to change my family's life. Thank you so much, man. Mighty Pole, that is that is amazing. And congratulations to you on on starting in July. And we're in uh, October is, or I guess November now is this recording. And you've already got your first property looking on your second man. So congratulations. That is that is amazing. If you haven't yet, leave us an honest rating and review on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to. Uh, the more folks we uh, reach, the more folks we can help. All right. So Ashley Care, what's up? How are, uh, how are you doing today? Good. I'm excited for today's episode. It's uh, just me and Tony today, one-on-one. And we're going to be talking about goal setting and what happened in 2022. What were our goals? Where did we succeed? Where did we learn? What were the lessons? And how are we going to change our goals for 2023? Are we going to be pivoting? And we'll talk a little bit about the reason for goal setting and what a goal is and how to create a smart goal. So Tony, do you have your goals ready? Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I do. And I'm, I'm excited to get into this conversation as well. You know, I, I think so many people in, in real estate investing, uh, and rightfully so, but they focus on the mechanics of being a real estate investor, but they don't focus on the on the foundational pieces, which is literally their own mindset, their own, uh, you know, just like how they're positioning themselves mentally to kind of action all those things that they're learning. So being able to to take the time to kind of focus on what the goals are and 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 how you can kind of start pursuing those things that are important to you is a step that I think a lot of people miss. They just start listening to the podcast or reading the books or watching the YouTube channel, but with no real clear picture around what it is that they're working towards. And, you know, this is, you know, we can kind of get into to 2022, but one of the big realizations that I had this year is that I was building a business that wasn't necessarily in support of the life that I wanted for myself. We have been scaling so fast that we almost had no time. And, you know, I'm, I'm chuckling because Eric, before this call, he was like, hey, I sent you guys an email. Did you guys get it? I was like, yeah, I read it. And I was like, I have no idea what email you're talking about, right? Because I'm so backed up on everything. And when I think about how my business has started to overtake certain parts of my life, it, it it's kind of making me pause and say, okay, wait, the, the reason why I wanted to pursue entrepreneurship was because I wanted to be in control. And right now it feels like my business is in control of me and not me in control of my business. Um, so I, I, anyway, the reason I say that is because if you don't have those conversations with yourself early on, right, when you're at the beginning phases of your business, you can end up in a situation where you've built this business that is almost taking away from the life that you wanted and not necessarily supporting the life that you always wanted to live. Yeah, I think that's actually one thing that I'm pretty good at is making sure that I don't get overwhelmed to a sense where I don't have the time. Like I will definitely procrastinate things. I will take on too much, but I do know certain times to say no and to not do it. Um, I've definitely missed a lot of deadlines. I've definitely been behind on things for sure, but I, I've been very careful as to how I'm scaling because I, I know for sure that I don't want to work 24 seven. I know that like I love working. I really do. But if I'm forced to work for many hours a day and to just grind nonstop, I I did that as a property manager and I hated it. And that's why I wanted to build my own rentals because there's lots of flexibility as to how you can outsource them, what you can choose to do. And I want to be spontaneous and I want to be able to choose what I want to work on. And one of the things I love to do is build a business and then just hand it off to somebody else to kind of take over. And for the other investor that I've worked for a lot, I've done that for him multiple businesses. And that's like my favorite thing. I build it up and then I give it to somebody else. So I want to be able to do more of that too, even for myself. So but before Tony, before we even get into talking about last year or this year's goals, let's talk about what a goal is. So I love this example from Tarl Yarber. I was on a webinar with him once and he said this, and I repeat it constantly to people where if you are, you have this dream of building this beautiful house, you imagine the white cabinets, the granite countertop, the walk-in closet with custom shelving and drawers. You have this vision in your head. Are you going to go and hire a home builder that has a dream of building your home? He wants to do it. It's a dream. Or are you going to hire a builder that has a plan? He has drawings. He has contractors. He has a timeline of when it's going to be completed. He has a budget built out for you. So I think, like, look at that as an example right there. If you want to build that home, you're going to go after the builder that has the plan, not the dream, right, to build your home. So if you have a goal, if you have something that you want, you have to figure out a plan to actually get you there. Because if not, that goal is just a dream. If you don't take the time to implement these steps and take these action items to actually get to that that destination you desire, whatever that may be. 
And I also think, and at first I love that example, and, and Taro is such a smart guy. I was actually chatting with him uh, last week for a little bit, and like every time I talk to him, I like learn something new about real estate or business or, or whatever it is. He's such a smart guy. Um, but it, I, you know, I, I think what you said, Ashley, about a dream versus a plan ties back into the issue that I was having around. It's like, if you don't have a clear, I guess let me say it this way, it's it's easy to be busy, but it's harder to be productive. And in order to be productive, you need to make sure that the activities, that the busyness you have is in pursuit of a bigger goal. But if you're just doing a bunch of things that may or may not be tied to this goal that you have around your business, around your life, then you're, you're just busy. You're not being productive. In order to be productive, it has to be in pursuit of that thing that you want. And, and that was a big realization that I had this year. So, man, I, I love that that definition of uh, having a plan versus just just kind of dreaming. Okay, so as you guys are figuring out what you want in life, and this can be, you know, you want this dream car, you want that dream house, you want a certain amount of money that's coming in uh, each month, maybe passively, so you can go and do whatever you want. You want to travel, you want some sort of lifestyle. You want to get married on, you know, in Mexico, this dream destination, whatever that goal is, or maybe it's not even like something as an experience or an object. It's more of just, I want to be the number one home flipper in Buffalo, New York, or whatever that is. And I want to have the largest volume of sales as the real estate agent is in my area, things like that. And I think it's really important to not keep it all business and career oriented. It makes you have a personal goal in there too. And I love it when people actually do a family goal. So you're you figure out something for your family. Like what does your family as a whole want to do by the end of the year? And maybe that's a vacation or, you know, maybe that's some kind of experience that your family wants to have together. Or maybe it's just every Sunday for this whole year, we want to sit down at the table and have dinner together. Something as little as that, but having that career business goal, your personal goal, and then even a family goal too. Yeah, I've um, I've heard it. Uh, first, I, I totally agree, Ashley, that I, I think oftentimes people focus maybe too much on just like the the money goals that they have. But uh, it was actually Brandon Turner that, that had me kind of do a deep dive around like the, the wheel of life. And it's, it's your, it's your health. It's your, you know, like your faith or spirituality, it's your family, uh, it's your, your finances, it's your business. And there is one other one that I'm thinking of, but anyway, it's like this holistic kind of view of your life. Now I do think at times it can get challenging to try and tackle all of those categories at one time, right? To have like one massive goal in every single category. And I, I think what might be more impactful is what is the area that you feel needs the most attention and that will have the most impact, right? And maybe for some people coming into 2023, it, it's fitness, right? And you know, maybe for someone else, it, it's family, right? They, they want to reinvest more time back into their family. But I do think having that holistic view and making sure that all of your goals aren't just focused on your real estate business will definitely help you in the, the long run as well. And having that, reaching that goal and building that strength in one category is just going to go and help you achieve those other categories or be better at them. So like think of how you mentioned a fitness goal. If you go and start working out, you know, five times a week at the gym, every morning, you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to have more energy. People probably may even respond differently to you. Just, I mean, Tony, look at all the attention you got when you uh, did your bodybuilding <laughs> competition. <laughs> and I, and it, you know, it's and it's not even about attention, but it's like people that you know maybe didn't even know what real estate investing was about, but they saw Tony doing these bodybuilding competitions and you know doing his you know his wife Sarah posting his poses and flexing and started following because of that, and they're like, oh wait, short-term rentals, what's this? I want to learn more. And mm -hmm. so it could have brought value in so many different ways by having that goal, by going to that, that bodybuilding competition. But yeah, so I think they, they kind of all play a role in assisting each other. Let me, let me ask you your opinion, Ashley, when, when you think about goal setting, 
do you do you believe in setting like the the b hacks the big hairy audacious goals maybe these like moonshot type things that that you know people probably think you're crazy for saying out loud or do you are you more on the side of where hey i want to set like a super reasonable goal that i know i can hit where do you where do you tend to fall on that spectrum i'm setting a goal for the week like i'm very i have a very very hard time seeing 5 years 10 years down the road i'm not that type of visionary. I can see a vision, but not very far down the road. And that's where I always struggle is because I don't know what I want <laughs> down the road, I guess. <laughs> like I can picture what I want the the next month, the next year, how I want things to be. But as far as like down the road, so I think that that really hurts me setting these big goals is because I can't see, I can't picture that vision. And that's actually, I was just having this conversation with Daryl the other week. He, he is such a great visionary where he actually can talk all day long about what this property that we're building out as the compound is going to be like. And he just sees this vision and I'm like, wait, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, that sounds great. But like, we have to do this this week on the property and I can't like see past it. And I, I think part of it is, is I don't want to get my hopes up. And I feel like that really kind of hurts me as a detriment to me. And I, th I think about it when I was younger and it would, we would be going to Disney world or we'd be going on a vacation or it'd be like my birthday or Christmas coming up. And I would be so excited. I could not stand it. So I started training myself to like, not think about it, not like get my hopes up because I couldn't stand that excitement. And I would wait until like the morning of or the day of, and I would just let it all burst. out. <laughs> so I, I, that's definitely been something that has really like made it hard for me to set goals in the future is because it's hard for me to get excited about something so far away, I guess. That's, you know, that that's such an interesting dynamic, Ashley, because I feel like I'm I'm almost the opposite, right? Yeah. Where I I am so focused on five years from now, ten years from now, a year from now, that sometimes I have a hard time focusing about today. <laughs> you know? It's like today is so boring to me because the possibility, the opportunities are all tomorrow. And that's where I need the people on my team. I, you know, obviously Sarah's my wife and our business partners to kind of help ground me in reality, but just like from the for as long as I can remember and like you went back to your childhood and I think back to mine as well like one of the first businesses that I started um, was uh, a car washing business over the summer and over the summer I, I would like wash my neighbor's cars and I vividly remember Ashley telling myself and I, I had like an excel sheet open on my dad's laptop and I said, okay, if I'm washing one car a day and I'm charging this much, this is how much I'll make. If I can hire five other kids to wash cars for me, this is how much I'll be making. And if I can hire 30 kids, this is how much I'll be making. Like my mind just always goes to the extreme. And it, it's, it's always been the same way for everything that I do. So like when we talk about our real estate business, cool. Yeah, what we're doing today is awesome. But I, I always find so much more thrill out of like thinking, what, what can we do five years from now? See, like I can do it with numbers. So when I paid off like our personal debt, so we had a HELOC, we had uh, farm equipment, and then we had our two vehicles, okay? That was the debt I wanted to get done. That would be all of our personal debt. And I had my Excel spreadsheet and I would just track in the same thing. I would think about, okay, if I came up with this much more money a month, how much did I pay off? So like number wise, I can play with numbers all day long. And, you know, that's where, you know, the lady in the street, but freaky in the spreadsheet comes in. Like I, that like gets me excited looking at it that way. But for me to, for it to not be a numbers goal or monetary goal, then I, I can't just like picture that like, oh, I want my life to look like this. Like, like, why is it, you know, or, or I guess maybe not why do you think that is, but, but is there a way, Ashley, for you to maybe take some of these other goals and reframe them or rephrase them in a way that is more like how you pay down your debt? Like, have you, have you thought through that? Oh yeah, definitely. And that's like something that I'm working on for this next year as to do it. And, um, but yeah, I've definitely thought about that a lot is like, how I was so motivated to do that. And that just like pushed me so much. And I'm definitely somebody like set it and forget it 
So like I have to have this goal in front of me all the time to actually go forward and, and try to achieve it. Yeah. So I, I guess just like one, one piece of advice for our rookies that are listening, um, you know, when, when you start thinking about your goals for next year, I would, I would encourage you guys to, to pick a goal that is a little scary, right? If you say the goal and you don't second guess your ability to achieve it, I would assume that it's probably too small of a goal. You want to you want to say the goal and and like you get a little bit of chills because you're like I don't know if I can actually do that I don't know if I can actually make it happen because here here's what's going to happen is you're going to start reframing your mind to say okay that goal seems big that goal seems scary but if I were to achieve it what kind of things would I need to start doing who would I need to meet what kind of things would I need to learn and you'll start training your mind to think just a little bit bigger just a little bit bigger and if you do that over and over and over again like your 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 capacity for dreaming big will will dramatically increase so one thing that we have also learned from Brandon Turner is when so this is probably 4 years ago now maybe and you know what's so funny is I saw, I found a screenshot of this on my phone the other day and it was Brandon's Instagram story and it was him in front of this huge framed fake newspaper article where he wrote this article of what his business was going to be in five years, I think it was. And he ended up doing it in two years, I think, whatever that was. So Brandon did this based off of the book Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold. And this book talks about writing out what you see for the future, for your business, for yourself in like detail. Like it's almost like a story when you're reading it. And so Brandon had done this and he went through and implemented and did way beyond what he had even written in this article. So Brandon talks about a lot is doing SMART goals. And this is all part of his intention journal. You guys can get it at the Bigger Pockets bookstore and use code Ashley for 10% off. But with the intention journal, he talks about SMART goals and then also MINS, your most important next step. So a SMART goal is something that is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-oriented. So when you are setting your goal, you should have these five things be a part of what that goal is. Um, so an example would be, I am going to run two miles every day for the next three months. Okay. That that's attainable. It's immeasurable. It's two miles. It's time oriented. It's for a certain amount of months and it's specific. I'm going to be running. So setting your goal using the smart things is just, it gives you an, I guess a, an extra layer of success, I guess it's more achievable because you are implementing it this way, where if you just said, I'm going to run, that's my goal. I want to, I want to run. Okay. That you're most likely, you can't measure how well you're doing. I mean, you could run from your couch to your bed and say that you, you know, check marked, you did your action item for the day. And then there's men's the most important next step, which is what are things you're going to do to be able to make sure that you're doing those two miles every day. So the first thing is maybe you're time blocking every Sunday night, you're sitting down and time blocking when you're going to be doing your run every single day, something like that. Yeah, actually, just to piggyback off of that, uh, um, I so it, before I became a full time real estate investor, I worked in supply chain, and uh, supply chain is all about productivity. And in the world of productivity, there are these phrases called lead measures and lag measures. So L-A-G, lag, and then lead measures. And I, I, I love to apply the idea of lead and lag measures to everyday life because it is a fantastic way to make sure that you're continually uh, making progress in the achievement of your goals. So uh, I, I love to give the example of, of uh, losing weight because it's the, the best way to, to kind of explain this, this difference between lead and lag measures. So if your goal is to lose uh, 20 pounds next year, that would be your lag measure. Okay. That is the, 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 the metric that you uh, take note of at the end of the year. But however, there are actions that go into or that support your goal of losing 20 pounds. 
So when I was training for my competition, I've shared this before, um, I wasn't necessarily tracking my weight or how much I could bench press or any of these other things. What I was tracking on a daily basis were the lead measures or the lead activities that would get me toward my lag goal of winning at this competition. So the things I was tracking on a daily basis was, was I doing cardio twice a day, right? Fasted cardio and then post-workout cardio. Was I eating all of my meals on time and, and not cheating and you know sneaking a cookie here or there? Was I drinking a gallon and a half of water every day? Was I taking uh, creatine and BCCAs uh, two times a day, right? And these were the things that I was tracking. And I said, if I can do my cardio, drink my water, weight lift, take my supplements, and I do that consistently, then I know as long as I stick to that plan, eventually I'm going to get to my lag goal of winning that competition. And that's exactly what happened. So when you think about your your real estate business, if your goal is to purchase that first property, you need to start working backwards and identify what are the lead measures that I can track on a daily basis that will move me closer towards that goal of getting that first investment property. So the investment property is a lag. Good lead measure good lead measures would be something like I want to analyze 20 deals a week. I want to submit at least one offer every week. I want to meet at least one wholesaler every month. I want to attend one real estate meetup every month. And just start to think of the different activities that would, if you do those consistently, will almost guarantee your success in that field. So you know, I know it's easy just to have that big goal at the end, but also think about what are those things you should be doing on a daily basis and how can you track those? This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Whether you need to buy or sell or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours, even the same day, with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. When Bigger Pockets started podcasting, no one thought we needed a store, but then books, so many books, best-selling books, rookie books, partnership books. We needed the best real estate bookstore ever, so we chose Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch stage to the first order stage to the, did we just sell out the whole store stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling real estate books or retro clothing, Shopify's platform helps you sell everywhere, online or in person. Now, speaking of online, did you know Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better than other leading commerce platforms? And no matter how big you grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business. And that's why we chose Shopify for the bigger pocket 
Rockets bookstore. So sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash bprookie, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash bprookie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash bprookie. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Tony, do you want to kind of, you know, take that great explanation of an example and lead into what some of your other 2022 goals were besides your your fitness goals? Yeah, now I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do that. So that was actually one of my my personal goals um, was, uh, and I actually wrote, I want to get in the best shape of my life. Like that was the goal that I wrote down and the, the competition was one way to get me there. But on the on the business side, um, I'm going to share four, a couple that, that I missed and a couple that, that we actually achieved. Um, so first, one of our, our big goals was that we wanted to get to 40 Airbnb listings, 40 owned Airbnb listings. Um, we're going to come up just shy of that number. I think we're going to miss it by like six or seven. Um, we got a couple more properties coming online here right at the end, but we're going to, we're literally just, we're going to be just shy um, of getting to getting to 40 there. Um, was it a bad thing? Not necessarily. I think 40 was a bit of a stretch for us. I think we, we started the year at uh, 12 properties. Um, so getting to 40 was, we knew it was going to be a, a big lift for us, but I mean, you know, we've purchased almost two properties a year, um, this year. So we still made really tremendous progress. Um, another goal that we failed at this year was buying a hotel. You know, I was very open with you guys that we, uh, we were pursuing a hotel over the summer, um, ended up getting beat out by another buyer and, and it was a really tough pill for us to swallow, but a lot of lessons learned there that we're going to apply to, to next year's goal. Um, so those are two things that we missed out on. Uh, two goals that we actually did achieve were both around uh, like hiring and people. So we had a goal to hire a finance manager. Um, we actually just hired that person. She's actually a bookkeeper, but she's like a bookkeeper on steroids. Um, and she's really good friends with our CPA. So they've got a really good working relationship together. And she's she's just doing like a really phenomenal job around helping us get our, our financial picture um, in order for next year. And then the other goal that we had around people was um, hiring an operations manager um, to, to kind of help with the day-to-day management of all of our properties. So we did that and we hired uh, three virtual assistants to support her. So now we've got a team of four uh, that, that runs the majority of our day-to-day operations. And those two hires have been super, super critical um, and helpful and just like taking away some of that stress that I talked about earlier around the business taking up so much of my time. And specifically those goals are put in place with the idea that we don't want this to be an 80 hour a week job for us for forever. So um, those are my goals, two, two that we missed, uh, two, two that we were able to able to make happen. What about for you, Ashley? Yeah, so I have some that are along the same line. So one thing was that I really wanted to take on a new business partner in 2022. Like I wanted to have somebody take half of my workload or at least take a part of the business over, but I didn't want to hire someone for this role. I wanted somebody who was going to be so motivated by it because they have equity into the deals. They're going to learn along with me. I really enjoy like working alongside somebody, but there's always that employee boss kind of, I guess, scenario. And I wanted to give equity to somebody who was going to be committed to the job and that they were going to, I guess, not learn what we were doing and then just leave and go do it on their own because they're already doing it with me. So 
I found that person and they became my business partner. We started buying, getting stuff into the con- under contract last year. And then we ended up closing uh, winter and spring of 2022 on the properties that we purchased together. So part of the th- my goal was that I didn't want to do any more hands-on rehab And I also wanted to, you know, outsource all of the rehab and I didn't want to manage the contractors and I wanted to talk to as little people as possible. So that I reached that goal. My business partner handles all of that. He does that whole side of things for me. Okay. My next one was for him to be able to come on full time. So he used to work um, construction in the bricklayers union. So he was laid off in the winter. So that's kind of where we went through this trial period. And it was like, okay, are the, you know, the properties that we're going to purchase, um, the asset management I do, are, is there going to be enough work for me to put on to him where he can have an income that's going to replace his bricklayers union job. So luckily he lives very below his means and he also is a a veteran. So he doesn't need health insurance supplied to him. (laughs) And we were able to, to make that happen where he was able to quit his job. I think it was in April before when he got that call that they were going to call him back to work. And he was able to say that he's not coming back to work. So uh, one thing that I'm, I'm way better at is, um, if something is for somebody else, I'm way more likely to achieve it than if it's just a monetary goal for myself too. So us like pushing forward for him to like have this life changing event happen that motivated me more than being like, oh, I have this much money now in my bank account or anything like that. So that was really exciting. Um, so who wants to do that with me this year and <laughs> take on another partner? We'll do it again as somebody else. But, um, and then, uh, but the goal that I did fail on actually, and I, pivoted towards focusing on this a lot. So I like to stay steady and keep my foundation of doing burrs. Um, but also I really wanted to buy a campground and I ended up getting two on contract, one under contract. And we had our earnest money deposit and we had quite a while actually to do our due diligence on it. And we ended up backing out at the last minute because you could not get title insurance on the property because it was a foreclosure and all these things had happened. So, um, and we were going to raise the money for it. Nobody wants to invest in a property that you can't get title insurance on it. So we did not get that campground. We got a second one where we received a letter of intent signed. Um, we still have not received the executed contract back signed. We keep getting red line changed from our attorney and then, or from his attorney and then back to our attorney. So I don't know if the deal will go through. Um, if we will actually have an, we definitely won't close by the end of the year, but if we will be able to have an executed contract, but just like something that has come up that we've had to pivot is that we did this LOI with him back in the spring. Interest rates were a lot different then. So we actually put into our LOI that if the interest rate on our bank financing went above 7%, like the deal was contingent on that. Like our interest rate had to be below 7%. So right now it's like kind of hindering right there. If when we get this executed contract, if our interest rate is going to actually be above or below 7% too. So that's something we've been trying to work with is how do we go and renegotiate if that is the case, because it's definitely going to change our cash flow a lot, the higher the the interest rate. And do we need to decrease our price now? Things like that. Um, so maybe reach that goal in 2023 uh, with this campground, but uh, yeah. we'll see. I can feel it, Ash. We're, bo- we're both going to get it. You're going to get your campground. I'm, I'm going to get my hotel. We're, we're going to, I'm I'm, meta- I'm manifesting that for, uh, for 2023. Um, so I, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, our 2022 stuff, go a little bit deeper before we move on to next year about like, like how, like what were the steps that went into um, I guess kind of coming up with those goals and how we actually executed on those. Um, so for me, I'm going to talk about my, my operations team because that was the one that I think had the, honestly, the biggest impact on, on us this year. Um, when, when I talk about why that goal was important to me, again, it, it goes back to the fact that I know that I want to continue to scale, but I also know that I don't 
have the bandwidth <laughs> to to manage, you know, 40, 50, 100 different properties. And our long-term goal is to own a billion dollars worth of real estate with our company. And obviously, if we want to get that big, me, Sarah, and Omid as the three amigos can't possibly manage that. So we knew that we need to start putting the, the people in place to absorb that kind of growth. Um, and we got really, really lucky um, finding our team the our, our operations manager, her name's Kellen. She actually attended one of our events, the the first event that we threw our, our first short term rental ride along we did back in March. Uh, she attended that event. She actually attended the Bigger Pockets SDR boot camp that I hosted earlier this year. So I, I knew her. I knew she was eager to learn. She had her first short term rental herself, and uh, I knew she was looking for for new uh, job opportunities. She wasn't necessarily happy where she was at, and we approached with this opportunity. She said yes, and. It was it was amazing. Um, so we 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 had this idea of who we wanted to hire, and then we kind of stumbled upon the the perfect person. But before I even reached out to to Kellen with this job opportunity, um, earlier in the year, Sarah Omid and I all sat down together, and we created an org chart for our business, and we identified all of the different positions that needed to exist within this business. And at the time, it was all of our names plugged into those slots on the uh, on the org chart. And I went through and I actually created a job description for every single one of those positions. Um, but remember, it was all of us doing all the work. But as we started to reach out to people to step into some of these roles, I was able to share the job description with them. And then they already knew kind of what the expectation was. And I would take my name off of the org chart or Omi's name off of the org chart or Sarah's name off of the org chart and replace it with the person that we hired. So we did that, uh, I think, three times uh, throughout the year. We hired an acquisitions person, an operations manager, and all of our virtual assistants and our bookkeeper and our finance manager, actually a few times last year. But that was a process we followed to, to try and find the right person. I guess I can kind of go into the campground one as to the the steps that we took to get these campgrounds under contract is first we let brokers know that we were looking for a campground. I've talked about it on the podcast constantly. Any event I was at, I talked about it and we actually got a ton of con uh, campgrounds sent to us. And that's where we were like, Oh, we really need to like define our criteria because this is going to be overwhelming analyzing all of these campground deals that are coming in. So that was kind of our next step. And that wasn't even, you know, part of the plan. We didn't even have that in place. So it just shows that like your goal, your path to that goal probably is going to have to pivot change and you're going to learn things. And you're going to you grow off of it. And also analyzing a campground we, that's like a whole different animal. I mean, there's so many different revenue streams, so many different expenses, permits, all these things. And we actually ended up finding on Upwork, which is like a virtual assistant job task board, I guess, where you put, you know, the job description out there of what you need and you can hire someone virtually to complete it. And we actually found someone to do the, the deep deal analysis. So we would go through like the financial statements and I would run a, an anal analysis on it, but then we'd actually have this guy go even further and do like the market research on it and kind of implement that. So that was definitely a learning experience as to, you know, using who, not how, and not taking tons of time to actually build my own Excel spreadsheet. I mean, I think we paid him maybe a couple hundred bucks and he built out this huge phenomenal uh, Excel spreadsheet for us to, to use to analyze these type of deals. And, uh, but then we did direct mail too. And that's how we actually got the second campground that we got the LOI was doing a direct mail campaign. So we made sure we had, we wanted two deal sources and one was brokers. And when you're doing commercial real estate, brokers are uh, a huge resource and really beneficial for you. And then um, doing direct mail, a lot of campground owners are mom and pop. So I think it was maybe two years ago, this statistic came out that 88% of campground owners only owned one campground. So it kind of showed to me that, you know, look at like, it's not these huge syndicators coming in and buying campgrounds yet. Like I think it's on its way definitely there, but um, it's still a lot of mom and pops that are, are owning them, which was a, a huge attraction to me. So that's what we did. We sent out the direct mail campaign to them and, um, 
So that was kind of our action items was we made sure to send out 500 mailers. Well, it ends up there's not 500 campgrounds in the area that we were looking for. So that's when we decided to pivot a little bit and say to look at lake houses too and to kind of add into that mail campaign in the the area where we were looking at too. So, but that's kind of uh, the steps we took to actually get it under contract. And we had our different roles and responsibilities. So Daryl was in charge and that was like defined tune. Like we want the campground. Here's who's going to do what to get that. And so Daryl would be, his name was on all the mailings, the postcards. And so he was the contact person he would get all the information from the person and then I would go behind the scenes and I would go on to PropStream, uh, GIS mapping systems, and I would do like my data research on that. And then he would go, like we would decide like, yes or no, we want to pursue it. And then he would go back to them and he would set up the showing and we would both go together, tour the campground, get the information. And then we would go into like our deep dive analysis and I would build up the offer. And then, so the one that we did uh, get under contract and go into due diligence, that's where Daryl came in with like the actual on-site due diligence. And then I did, you know, all the work of due diligence that can be done on the computer, such as pulling the property taxes, getting an insurance quote, things like that. But um, just how you had said about doing the org chart and kind of defining what the roles were, we had done that for ourselves for that specific goal. Because in our our business now, it's mostly doing burrs where it's doing rehabs and he's the project manager and overseeing that. So actually going after um, the campgrounds was very different in a sense, I guess, too. Yeah, I think it's interesting that we we both uh, kind of set these goals to go after these larger commercial properties and um, both of us failed at that. And I think so often the people look at Ashley and Tony as the you know the co-hosts of this big real estate podcast and think that we can do no wrong and that everything just goes right for us all the time. But just like everyone who's listening, um, we are rookies in that space, right? Like you are a rookie in the campground space. I am a rookie in the hotel and motel space, and we're both rookies at raising syndication funds and, and doing all those things and creating these complex models. So, you know, once you, once you get to a certain point, it's almost like you have to start over again to reach that next level. Um, so I, I just like to point it out because, you know, we, we, we run into challenges and issues just like every other real estate investor. Yeah. If you want to purchase a Burr property or a long-term rental or even a short-term rental in the rural area of Buffalo, New York, I am your expert. <laughs> Yeah. Other than that, I am a rookie yeah. at all other things. Yeah, <laughs> Even on right. the podcast, oh. I still can't form words correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, yeah. let's talk about yeah. our new goals going forward for 2023. What are yours? And do you even have them defined and written out yet? Um, I can't say that mine are totally ready. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're definitely, uh, we have it on the calendar for us to kind of get away for a day, uh, a day and a half really to plan 2023. So that's coming up here shortly, but I can say I, I have a good idea of what some of the big themes will be for next year. Um, a, a big one will be, like I said, purchasing at least one commercial asset. So we, we do have a goal of buying at least one hotel or motel next year. Um, I think our goal will probably be to target um, maybe a smaller market. We went into like a big primary vacation destination this first go around. I think next time we're probably going to target maybe a secondary or tertiary vacation market that's uh, maybe not as competitive as, as where we were this first go around. Um, so that, that's one big goal for us. Um, we want to continue to build out our team. Uh, we we need a property launch coordinator that we're looking to hire. So basically someone that flies from city to city uh, to get all of our properties set up. Um, we've, we've kind of been managing that remotely and, and, you know, sharing the responsibilities amongst the team. But, uh, you know, if we're setting up two properties a month, like we, we need someone whose full-time job is to just focus on ordering everything and managing the shipments and, uh, getting the designs squared away and all those things. So that's a, a big hire for us going into next year. And then the, the biggest goal that we have is, uh, we want to change the way that we are currently purchasing real estate. Um, so right now, a lot of our deals are kind of one-off partnerships with different investors, but our goal is to probably transition into more of a, a fund model 
um, where we we just raise a bunch of money all, all at once and then deploy that fund or those funds over you know three to to five months um, buying up a, a bunch of properties at one time. So I think that's the the next iteration of our business is going from you know Alpha Geek Capital that's just this one off deal to Alpha Geek Capital that's a, a fund buying multiple deals at once. I'm glad you mentioned that you guys have a a day set aside for you guys because I didn't want to forget to talk about this is meeting with your partners and even your guys' significant others and talking about what the goals are for the company as a whole and making sure that you guys are all in alignment, that you're aligned, that you're taking the company in the same direction. Because the worst thing that could happen is Tony could say like, yes, in five years, like I want to be at, you know, a hundred billion. And Omi could say, what do you mean? I thought like next year we're going to sell everything. We're just going to live off the money we've made off of it. Like, no, I only want to work one more year, not five more years. And, um, so I think making sure that your goals are aligned with your business partners is super important. So actually next week, I'm taking my kids to Florida and Daryl's taking his son to Florida and we are going to use the time to not have to work at all. And we're going to have a nice vacation with the kids, have fun, but we're also going to do it as like our goal setting. So like the airplane rides or, you know, just hanging out by by the pool or whatever. And what we're going to do is we've set kind of like limitations as we can't talk operations. So nothing that's going on and like the day to day now, like what's, you know, problems are or anything like that. It's just going to be what our goals are and what we want and then how to get there and kind of planning it out and talking it out through that. Not like, oh, we I just got this email. Let's do this or talking about anything that's happening right now in the business only down the road. Um, so kind of putting that limitation, we'll see, see how that goes, if that actually works. But I think it's definitely try to do that is don't talk operations or the day to day, because it will just derail you from actually seeing that vision and, and setting those goals too, because you want to like set those goals with a clear mind that there's nothing, um, you know, impounding that right now. I mean, that, that, you know, we'll, we'll get into the resources here in a bit, but that I think that's an important thing that a lot of people miss is that you need some sort of regular cadence to review your goals because most people set their goals at the beginning of the year and then they never look at them again. But you need to have some kind of mechanism in your life and in your business to constantly remind yourself of what your goals are. So for me, like my my life goals, not my business goals, my personal life goals, like I have them as a screenshot on my on my iPhone. So like every time I open my phone, I can see what my goals are on a personal side every single t- day, moment that I pick my phone up. On the business side, every time we meet on a weekly basis, we have our goals listed there as well. We could do a better job of, of reviewing them. Um, and then we meet quarterly to kind of reset goals for the next quarter, right? So uh, you, you've got to find that rhythm in your business to circle back on those, on those goals. Otherwise, everyone will forget about them by the time the end of January rolls around. Yeah, like every Tuesday, we either do a Zoom call and it's just me and Daryl. We do a Zoom call or we sit down in person, but every Tuesday we do it, like changes the time or whatever. And sometimes it's even like late at night after I do my boot camp call, we do this, but it's helped us so much tremendously implementing this where that every Tuesday is where we're going through like the weekly agenda. Like what are we each doing? How did last week go? And that's where we're talking the day-to-day stuff and everything like that. But you're right. Like there needs to be that separate meeting for your goals and staying on track for that. So like, I think if you're doing that weekly meeting that, uh, you know, just aligning with each other, seeing what each other's doing, taking care of that, you know, you can mention your goals and keep each other accountable. But I think that your operations becomes such a distraction to actually focusing on your goals because something in your operations, your day-to-day is going to seem so much more important or impertinent than something that's farther down the road and you'll get distracted. So like setting a quarterly meeting or maybe a monthly dinner or something, or even a breakfast meeting where it's just like, okay, here's our goals. Where are we at? Um, and then, you know, having those action items to actually track them to see where you are at at meeting those goals. 
Ash, do you have any other goals you want to highlight for 2023 or should we kind of keep rolling with the the resources? Yeah, I don't think I actually gave any of mine. I just said that oh, I was yeah. going to do the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so go with me to keep those Tuesday meetings. <laughs> but uh, okay, so uh, for 2023, it's really going to be about building out my systems and processes even farther. So last year, there was definitely a lot of that with the rehab. It's using monday.com to build out these Monday boards. So this year, I've actually hired a consulting company, and they're going to help me even take my Monday boards to the next level. So this year, I am going to be spending money on other people doing things for me. And this is me. I, I have, I know how I want things. I just don't want to sit down at my computer and build it out. So that's really been something that's been holding me back is because I don't want to take the time to sit down and actually do it. It's all in my head. And that's kind of where me and Daryl and even me and Joe like butt head sometimes because it's like, I have it all in my head. What do you mean you're not understanding or you didn't do it this way? <laughs> like, so this way it's all drawn out and it's all planned out. Plus I want to, um, I want to hire my own property manager. So I used to have my own, uh, I used to run two property management companies, one for another investor and one for my own properties. Then I gave it all to a third-party property management company and it's just not working out well. So I'm going to be hiring by the end of February an uh, in-house property manager that's going to be running all of this. And so I need to build out my property management systems again. And this is something also that the consulting firm is going to help me. So the consulting firm is going to be doing a lot of work for me, but also they're like, this is holding me accountable to getting it done. So I'm paying them money to do this. And that is motivation for me to follow through with this and get it done because it would be very easy to just be like, you know what, I'm going to hire my friend who I think would make a good property manager just because I'm introverted and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to interview people or talk to people or read resumes or anything. So I'm just going to do that because it's easy. Well, I've done that before and that doesn't work out well. So that's part of my, my new goal is like, okay, if I want to do something, I need to find the person who can do it. So I'm finding somebody who can hire me, a property manager, train them and put in the systems and process in place that I want. So um, that's a big thing right there. And then um, hire some more key people. Like I definitely need an assistant. So that's some somebody else that they're going to be hiring for me too. Um, and then uh, I don't really have any of my like business goals yet just because we're going to be doing that together. But one thing I do want to do is when I become the property manager, again, I'm self-managing and have this property manager in place. I want to have um, a better grasp in maximizing my cash flow on my properties because I, with this property management company, I've felt like I have had no control over the expenses and just like the rental income and the amount of time the vacancies are like, I'm super excited to see how in 2023 I can, you know, just blow this property management company out of the water by being more efficient <laughs> and effective with running my own properties uh, again. So that's another big goal. Well, let's let's finish up actually by talking about just like some resources that that folks can use, people in the rookie audience can use to uh, to help them as they think about setting goals for for the next year. Uh, I'm going to share. The first thing is we already talked about cadence, right? I think everyone needs to set some kind of cadence for regularly reviewing their goals. Otherwise, you will lose touch with what those goals are. Um, but the the second, I guess, like resource is um, not uh, multiple resources, I guess, or a few books that I would love for all of our, our rookies to read. Um, so the first book is called Traction by Gina Wickman. And, uh, you know, a lot of investors and business owners that I look up to have recommended this book and, and preach by the, the benefits of following its, its system. Um, so if you guys haven't read Traction, definitely go pick it up. Another fantastic book is called Clockwork. And this book is by Mike Michalowicz. He was a, a guest on the Real Estate Rookie podcast. Um, he's also the the author of uh, Profit First, which I've spoken about a ton. He's also the off, author of Get Different, which is the book that we had him on the podcast for uh, about marketing. Uh, but Mike is, is just a fantastic entrepreneur. And the book Clockwork 
works really well with traction to give you systems and processes to have a goal, but then have the systems in place to continually take action towards those goals. Um, so both of those books, I think, were really big for me at the beginning of 2021 to kind of help set me up for success in 2022. Yeah, the author of Traction also wrote Rocket Fuel, which is also a good one to read, too, in addition to that. And then we had talked about Vivid Vision, too, um, by Cameron Harold that you guys should look into reading. And then The Intention Journal by Brandon Turner, which is on the Bigger Pockets bookstore, um, I think are all great resources to kind of help you build that momentum. The only thing I should I will caution you guys about is don't spend so much time focusing on getting your goal perfected and how you're going to reach it that you're actually in analysis paralysis where you don't actually take action on anything because you're too busy trying to like define your goal or to, you know, figure out how to pivot it or anything like that. So pick your goal, create your action items, and then just start doing it. Just start doing it that next day, that same day, whatever those action items are. So you don't have to wait till January 1st, start doing it now, like propel yourself, get going. Um, and then also think about what type of person you are too. So if you've never taken like a disc profile or an Enneagram uh, test and Tony, what's another one that you do? The Myers-Briggs is another one. Myers-Briggs. Yeah. And find out some information about yourself because you may actually learn what is the best way for you to actually achieve something. Like how does your mind work? And, you know, there's people like I look at James Dainard and AJ Osborne, or it's just like, get up and work. Like they don't need to go to mindset retreats. They don't need to do all these different, I I don't even know what to, I guess mindset stuff because they just get up and work and that's how their brain is wired and that's what works for them. But then there's other people like Brandon Turner who talks about like, and, and, and even Tyler Madden, where it's a lot of mindset for them, where that actually helps them so much, where if they just went and grinded constantly, they would get burnt out. And so this mindset stuff helps them. So try to figure out different ways that may work better for you. Um, there's also the Miracle Morning by Hal Alrod. So if you are someone that needs to like that time to like clear your brain, to actually like think of things like the miracle morning would be great for you. For me, I found it just like I was wasting time. It did not work well for me. It was basically procrastination from actually getting my work done. And so I could not do that. I try, I've tr probably tried to do it three times and it was just like, it's not helping me at all. And it wasn't, it was just like, I want to get up and I just want to start my work and do it. And I'm definitely not a grinder as far as AJ and James's level for sure. Like I do like to sleep a little bit and, you know, do other things, go on vacation or do whatever. But, uh, yeah. So think about that about yourself too, as to what actually works for you, because what works for me, what works for Tony, what works for other people may not work for you. So don't think that you have to follow someone's specific goal setting and achievement lifestyle. Like there is no, perfect recipe. Doing a cold plunge every single day isn't going to make you a millionaire overnight. So make sure that you're just figuring out what are the things that you and your body needs. Great breakdown, Ashley. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I mean, I, I think those are all the big like resources I have. We talked about Cadence, talked about uh, the books. I guess the, the last thing I would say, and Ashley, you, you touched on this a little bit earlier today, but it, it might be worth uh, reiterating is as you think about your goals for this next year, don't just think about what you need to do, but also think about who you need to become and who you need to meet or hire to help you achieve those goals. Because I think those are two things that are often overlooked. People just look like, what book do I need to read? What, what property do I need to buy? What this, but like, if you want to build a business, a massive business, maybe you need to become a better leader, right? Maybe you need to become a better people manager. Or if you don't want to do that, you need to find someone who is a people manager who can lead people, right? Like Ashley, you said that you didn't want to do rehabs anymore. So you needed to find someone who had the skill set to manage the rehab crews. So as you think about your goals for next year, 
also think about the the who component around either who do you need to become or who do you need to hire or partner with to help you achieve those goals. Yeah. And like also look at what you enjoy and what you're good at. Can you make more money doing that more of the time than trying to teach yourself these other skill sets? So like, for example, cleaning my house, it would take me all day Sunday to clean my house. I have a house cleaner that comes in and it takes her about three and a half to four hours. Okay. The money I pay her, I can make in maybe two hours, one hour, one hour, probably even. And she does it way faster than I could do it. I would waste a whole day. So I think like looking at that time trade-off, is it, you know, more beneficial to you to go and work so many hours and hire some of those things out you don't like to do or you're not good at. And I think a very easy one is like giving out household chores. Like you can pay, like my friend has somebody come, I think it's a high school student comes and folds her laundry every week. I mean, she might even come twice a week and she just pays her to do that. And that's like one less thing she has to worry about. And that's more time she has to put into her real estate business. And the same with me for cleaning. If I had to worry about keeping my house clean, then that would take up more time that I have to enjoy my family and I have to work. So like, say, you know, I know that I have to work this amount to pay the house cleaner. Okay. That's, that's easy. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. So kind of play out those scenarios and see if your time is actually more beneficial doing what you're good at and what you enjoy. And then it just becomes affordable and easy to hire these things out that you're wasting time at. And it's actually costing you more money because you're not even doing a good job at it. Love that advice, Ashley. Well, I mean, I feel like we've given our our rookies a, a pretty solid foundation for making this next year a super successful one. Uh, any other any other final thoughts or ideas from you? No, I don't think so. Thank you guys so much for listening this week, and we hope that you guys are getting ready to set your goals for 2023. Send us a DM or chime in on the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group or make a comment below if you're watching on YouTube and let us know what your goals are for 2023. We would love to hear them. I'm Ashley at Wealth From Rentals and he's Tony at Tony J. Robinson. And we will be back on Saturday with a rookie reply. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals Enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.